Romans 12. But I'm not going to read from the ESV as we're commanded as elders because it just hasn't got the word honour in it, which is our subject this morning, honouring honouring one another. It actually says outdo one another, and I don't think it actually gives the, the right sense of what we're doing this morning, outdo one another. Um, it's... Um, the theme of the morning is we've looked at loving one another and forgiving one another. This morning it's honouring honouring one another. You know, I, I, I think we do pretty well as a church. As I look as I look out and I see different people and I just sense the spirit amongst us, it's such a good company to be part of, you know? There's so much treasure here, so much treasure. I almost feel I don't need to speak about it. You say, oh, no, oh, perhaps I won't. Right. Uh, on honouring, honouring one another. And it's strange. I just went out to the loo just now, and um, I didn't need to use it, by the way. But um, <laughs> it's called Flower Shop, and I just looked at it, and I saw this picture of all the berries on there, different berries and that, all close together, and yet. There was one fragrance, if you do it, and maybe you can, you know, you people who like sniffing things can pick out the raspberries and the cherries and that. But I thought to myself, with all the fruits, there's just one fragrance. And this morning, we're, as a body of Christ, as many people, all sorts of different people, different faces, different places, different colours, different attitudes and things we react in different ways, but in the end, there's one fragrance, and it's the beauty of Jesus. And if the world can see the beauty of Jesus, that, that's one of the greatest things, you know, that can happen. So that's just a little, by the way. It just struck me as I saw it there. So Romans 12, we're going to read a whole chapter. Uh, the verse we're coming from this morning is actually verse 10. Can just someone just read verse 10 for me? Loudly. Yes, deeply doted to one another in love and honour others above yourself. Can you get the context of that? They're going to read Romans, the whole of the chapter. Romans is all about the gospel, how it works out in a worldwide situation with different people from different backgrounds and how it, in the end it works. The gospel works. God is working in this world to bring all people together in an amazing way and a people for himself. A people who dedicated to the kingdom of God but worked out with difficulties. The gospel is such a powerful thing. The gospel is all about Jesus Christ as we know but God has brought it through history through different times and different historical situations, wars, all sorts of things, and it's in that process. It's coming to a point of completion. So we have to remember that. We're part of a completed work here this morning. It's not yet complete, but altogether we're part of a completed work. This is the gospel. This is, that's why Jesus came, to bring something about, which was for eternity, and something which would, you know, bless people and, and give back to people what God ever intended them to be in his own image honoured and glorified with him 
When we come to chapter 12, it starts to deal about practical situations in, the, in our lives. You know, we've got the gospel, it's wonderful, and, uh, but it has to be worked out in a practical way. There has to be a demonstration of my faith in Jesus Christ that's going to make a difference. Make a difference to me, make a difference to other people, in all sorts of ways. We see that when we come down to the gifting. Let's read the chapter together, shall we? Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere, genuine. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, and as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. I was, grew up as a child and lots of Christian homes I went into, they used to be 
used to find a text, a Bible verse on the wall, which I can't forget. My mum and dad had one on their wall. It is him that honours me, I will honour. Him that honours me, I will honour. So it all begins with God, doesn't it? The whole concept of honouring, it all begins with him. They say there's honour among thieves. So, if Steve's Alibaba, we can be the band of 40 thieves. That's just a thought. That's only a story, but we can only be a band of thieves if we're going to rob Satan of his power. And as Christians, that's what we're called to do. Loving one another, forgiving one another, Honouring one another in a way that's unique will rob Satan of his power or help to do so. Because it's out of sync with where the world is, our culture, our age, and whatever we do. We're going into realms beyond which we on our own can handle, but with the Spirit of God's help, we can rob Satan of his power. we could be a band of thieves. But the whole concept, I think we think in scripture, honour to whom honour is due. is a good place to start. In 1 Peter 2 verse 17, he said to the Christians, honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. Good principles for everybody. So there's a whole genre out there that in life, in the structure of life, honour is due to people. Of course, we live in a world where dishonour is quite a common thing. You only have to drive down the road and you get two fingers or whatever and you get all sorts of things, language and all sorts of things. And I've said this before, it's a roundabout in Herne Bay where a car suddenly stopped and another car went into the back of him. So the man jumped out of the van, opened the car door in front of him, pulled the bloke out and went... (laughs) You touch my car, I smash your face, was the little thing that used to be on the back of cars. Total dishonour, you know, total respect, which might not have been his fault anyway. We just don't know. But the whole concept of honour is in our world. Honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. So with this concept of him that honours me, I will honour. That's just where we start. And I just want Malcolm to come and give a little testimony that we, I think we heard it Tuesday. Malcolm, come up, because um, I don't think you've been a Christian that long. So just tell us how long you've been a Christian. And... um, I have been a Christian for quite a while. Actually. Oh, that's all right. I thought it was not long. I've been a Christian for about 26, 27 years. So, um, but we were talking about house um, about forgiveness, um, about what we've spoken about last week. Um, and the subject of honouring people came up. And uh, I remember one particular reason when I was, when I was working uh, within a power station, which I've worked for about 18 years. Um, one uh, one chap that I used to work with, uh, he 
was quite outspoken in many, many ways. And one particular day, uh, after I had become Christian, and I wasn't a Christian for very long then at that time, uh, the Lord spoke to me about my timekeeping, and my timekeeping was not good. Um, I used to uh, leave work early, um, and a hand was put on me. This is not good. This is not a good Christian witness. You must stop. So this particular day, I'm in the, the mess room of where uh, I, I was working, and this chap, I said to this chap, uh, the, the, the times that we come and go, we're supposed to wait for a, a shift relief, not go, not leave until our relief has got in. And I haven't been doing that. So I said to him, from now onwards, I'm not going to leave early. I will wait for my relief to come in. And with that, literally everything uh, that he, he blew his lid. Um, he was saying, you're going to ruin it for everybody else. And uh, this has been past practice for years and years and years. And if you do this, then it's going to ruin it. So I said, I'm sorry, as a Christian, I, I, I no longer can do this. I've realised that it's wrong, it's been brought, not by anybody else, but God has spoken to me and said that it's wrong and I mustn't do it, so I'm not going to do it anymore. And uh, he went into a tirade of abuse, uh, not easy uh, as a Christian to stand there and take it and not actually react. Um, but I stood there and there was two other chaps in the room and they were very, very quiet at the time. Uh, one of them started to smile, and I couldn't help but smile because that was about the worst thing to do, really. Um, but after about 10 minutes of having this abuse thrown at me, uh, I, or he left the room, and the other two chaps in there said, Don't worry, um, he's not speaking for us. If that's what you feel you've got to do, then you do it. And this is part of my. Uh, walk with God to, to honour God in that particular way. Um, so uh, the difficulty was I was working with this chap quite a lot, but to my surprise, uh, the following day I was getting changed in the locker room, ready to go home. He was coming off shift. Uh, uh, he was coming on shift, and I was going home. And his locker was right by mine, and he actually came up to me. And he said, I'm sorry for what I had spoke to you yesterday. Um, well, I said, that's fine. I don't hold it against you. You know, whatever you felt then. And I realised um, that perhaps it might spoil for everybody else, but I can't do it anymore. And I'm not going to because my faith and my, my beliefs has led me this far and I'm going to stick with it because I know that God's real. God will stick by me. And that's what I did. And, and that's how God keeps his hand upon, upon you, upon me. He led me into the right way to go. And as we've read out this morning, it said, do not be conformed to the, the world, the way the world is. Um, you're called out to be separate. And that, was, that is just part, a very, very small part of how uh, I myself uh, I'm Thank you, Malcolm.
we can become powerful, can't we? If we use honour and work it out. And that's where it begins in Romans 12. I urge you, brothers or brethren. I need to qualify that because he's not speaking to the males of the church in Rome. He's talking to the brotherhood. It's a people who are joined in family with a common purpose and a common interest. And so the first point here is honour the brotherhood. This is not a club. We're not a club. And we need to see beyond that. Whilst we're in community, God has an eternal purpose for each one of us together in Jesus Christ. This is what knowing Jesus Christ as Saviour does. It takes us out of a situation and brings us into something, an eternal purpose in Christ. In that sense, the brotherhood is unique. We need to see ourselves as unique. And when we see ourselves as a new Greek, it powers us to be able to see the other person as unique. You know, we can be in the danger of not honouring ourselves who we are in Christ. Sometimes we have a very poor value of ourselves and so we tend to have a poor value of other people. We need to know who we are and what Jesus as Christ has done for us. The word honour, part of the word honour means there's a price on your head. And Jesus has paid that price. There's a price out there for your life. And Jesus has paid that price. That's why we come to him. We've been redeemed. We've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. His blood was for everyone in the world. His life was for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. And so we're redeemed. We're brought into a purpose. We're in the brotherhood. So honour the brotherhood together. Like we saw the picture on that can, it's the fruits, the fruit together, you know, is quite important. The bonding, the closeness, the honour we give to one another. Now, there are positive aspects to honour and um, the negative things to honour, like dishonour. And, uh, but this morning, uh, we're going to look at some negative things just a little bit later on. Um, But we all know that uh, there's great power too in honouring our father and mother. We find that in the Bible, honour your father and mother. So as the brotherhood, we give reference to the family and it's different, the church family, but also the real family, the human family. And it begins with uh, us honouring our parents Now, within the context this morning of of our family, two or three people are suffering with trying to honour their mother. Marge has difficulty in June. And I just want to honour them because they're seeking to honour them. So would someone just stand up and pray for June and for Marge, or just sit where you are and pray for them, honour them, because we honour them honouring their parents. Quickly, someone just pray for them.
Amen. So we honour those because they're seeking to honour their parents. It's very important, isn't it? And so we teach our children. You know, you can bring your child up to teach them how to say thank you, and they probably didn't think anything about it. But the real spirit of gratitude does not come till later on. But it's right to do that. Honour your father and mother. Honour amongst us as a church is one of the distinctive characteristics for church, for the body of the church. So honour the brotherhood. Secondly, as we have read, honour gifting. Honour gifting. This is another way that we honour one another. And we read the list out there. He says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. And so it goes on with these gifts. But I just wanted to honour a couple of things there. Honour leaders, if your gift is leading. They work hard. Just honour Steve and John. I honour them because they work hard. And it says, if you're leaders, do it diligently. And I know it's time, for, you can say a bit later. But, you know, I've seen them work hard. I probably see things that you don't see. And they work hard. So would someone like just to pray for Steve and John? You include me in that, to pray for the leaders. Honour your leaders. Honour the gifting. Further down, if it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. And I just want to honour Fred and Iris for what they do for Peggy Chapman. They've been going into her nearly every day and looking after her. That's showing mercy. And it's doing, you don't hear much about it. And that's the way it's talking about it here. So would someone like to honour Fred and Iris for what they've done? And I know there are other people doing other things, but these are just cropping up in my mind that we learn how to honour one another. Thank you. 
thank you. And so we honor, honor one another. So we honor gifting amongst us because it's so important in the family of God. And each of us are worthy of honor. He has a, quite a list there. It's not conclusive, it's this list. If you look in other parts of the Bible, in Ephesians and Galatians, you will see other gifts noted there. And so the body of Christ is called to honor gifting. And part of honoring gifting is encouraging one another in that. And this is coming in later. Julian's going to do an encouraging one another in the sense so that we might uh, see better how we can do encouraging one another. But um, you, you, you compliment someone in what they've done and you say, I thank you for what you're doing. And this is all part of honoring one another. I need to move on very quickly um, because... Conversation, talk, chat, communication is a big area in the life of the church. In James, it talks, James talks to his Christians in the context of practical faith. He said, with, when you're talking, when you're conversation, with one mouth you bless God, and in the same breath you curse a person who is created in the image of God. So, you know, when you drive down the road and someone frustrates you and say, you idiot, that person's created in the image of God. And what James is seven, that we have no right to do that. It's a sense of getting into the culture of honouring one another. Now I turn to Romans 16. It's the last chapter in Romans. Verse 21. At the end of this book of Romans, Paul goes through a list of people and he honours them in specific ways. Verse 21. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason and Sosipata, my relatives. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. First one. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, send you his greetings. In some of the other versions it says greet this person and greet that person. It's almost value them, honour them, and honour them like this. I think it's a lovely list this. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Quartus send you their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of mystery, hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writing by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him to the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if you go back to verse 3, it says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ. Verse 4, they risk their lives for me. Verse 5, greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Eponetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. I think that's a fantastic statement the first convert to Christ. Somewhere amongst us today, there's someone who's been Christian for the longest time. That would take a little while to work that out. 
But you know, anybody else who's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is worthy of honour. Because that's what Jesus has done. It talks about us appearing in glory with Jesus. There won't be any bridegroom without a bride on his arm, will there? We're going to be with him in glory. And the whole, the whole of the rest of the world, unfortunately, will actually to stand back and see us glorified with Christ, standing with him at the wedding. You know? It's that's honour for you and for me. It goes down there. Urbanus. Herodian, my relative. Greet those in the house of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphema and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. He's saying honour them. Honour them because they're all part of the wider church. Moving very quickly, conversation. We can raise someone up or destroy them. Negative things and positive things that we could say about people. And we need to learn to listen well. One of the part things that I find we need to do in honouring people is to be listeners. You get into conversation and someone, hi- someone starts off to say someone and then someone hijacks the conversation. Yeah, I did that, I know that, and goes on to take over the conversation. You know? That's not honouring the person. We should actually wait till the person's finished what they're saying. Now, these are little practical things. Facebook is another thing. But it's even worse if it's happening in the context of the church. We should not make any comment about another member of our community. We should avoid chattering while the service is going on, having conversation. That's not honouring the family. And some do it here. I've seen it happen. When we start on time... We try to start on time, but there's still people chattering, finishing their conversation. These are little practical things, but they do help if we just follow this code of trying to honour one another. So Bev's going to help me here, and she's going to give us some hints of how to listen well. You need. Can you manage with Turn it on for you. Listening well. I'm going to pick on someone, um, Steve, 
That's where we're striving to actually understand what the person is saying. It's not always an easy thing to do. And sometimes I think it's easy to say to someone, oh yeah, you're okay, and then not really be ready to hear what that person's saying. So I think it's better not to ask someone if they're okay if you don't want to actually hear the answer. Because there's nothing worse than someone saying, oh yeah, you're feeling okay, and then kind of looking at them and knowing they're not even listening or they don't want to know if you're okay. So there's other things you can say. You know, if you think someone's not feeling great, you can say, or oh, I've been thinking about you a lot this week. And then you don't have to listen to how they're feeling if you haven't got time. It's about donating time to each other. I think it's really, really important. So I've got a couple of tips for good listening. So one is undivided attention. That's really important. We've all been brushed off, like I've brushed things off, and know what that feels like. What does it feel like? Small. You feel like you're small. And we're not in the business of making people feel small. Nobody wants to make people feel small. And I think we've got to do it on purpose, but it's important to think about giving our undivided attention. To be non-judgmental, back to that selective hearing thing. We need to be non-judgmental in what we listen to. We don't have to agree with what someone's saying, but we can still hear them and listen to them. Um, look at the body language. It's an easy thing to do, but it's also a very easy thing to forget to do. We get so caught up in busyness and getting lives and what we do. And then the last one, the thing I find really hard, be quiet. We don't have to jump in with a response straight away. To listen to the whole person, that's what you said, wasn't it? That listening and being quiet is so easy for us. You know, unimportant. Everyone wants to hear what I've got to say. Jump in there, listen to me, listen to me. It's not about us, it's about playing second fiddle and going back. And just to finish with, when I was thinking about this earlier, I was reminded of, you know, we're in unique positions, Christians, aren't we? Because we've got Jesus to help us listen to other people. And I don't know if anyone would probably do remember. I think it was in the 90s. remember the little bracelets we used to wear with WWJD on them? Like, what would Jesus do? And we're in that position. We, we can think, actually, what would Jesus do? If we see someone who looks a bit down or looks a bit like they might need to listen to, or if he's presenting us with someone to listen to, you know, what would he do? And we are in that position where we're able to think about that and to have it in us to help us. So it's not an easy thing to do, but it's a good, good thing to actually do. Thank you. We had some very helpful things there. Yeah, I was really concerned about the whole conversational, communication, verbal aspect of honouring other people this morning as I approach this. And um, because James talks about the tongue, when we say things, it sets a whole forest on fire if we're not careful what we say. And just to finish with, be quick to listen and slow to speak. That's what Joan says. But in actual fact, like Bev has said, we actually don't do that. But it's a way of showing our practical Christianity and being slow to speak and quick to listen about what other people have said. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, end up by, by praying now. And um, there's a couple of things uh, come to mind that uh, if, you, if you feel that you're not honoured in a particular way and you would like to be prayed with about that, and we can, we can pray about that. And also, if you feel that you're busting the gift that no one has recognised before, that you feel that you have a gift and you want to serve God in a particular way to come to talk to us about it, and Steve, John and myself will be here, uh, we can talk with you, 
about that or what you want to do. It comes up uh, in, in, in the, um, the, the pamphlet that we go through about becoming members and stuff like that. But it, maybe God has spoken to you this morning about some particular way that you want to serve him where you feel that you've not been honoured or recognised in that. But these things, we need to talk to it. Why do I say that? Because it's easy to speak to other people rather than to speak to the leaders about it. But it really should be at your first point of call. You know, you say, not so long ago, someone said, oh, the leaders let me down, said it to someone else. But really, if you feel you've been let down, no one's going to bite your head off. But it should be the first port of call. Because there might be a reason, there might not be a reason. And we just want to serve you well in the best way that we can. So we just stand and we pray.